Hoovering is a technique that narcissists use to suck you back in. We call it hoovering because of the famous vacuum cleaner. So if you are like a lot of people, you might be wanting to avoid the hoover, to not get sucked back into a toxic relationship. Whether you left because you were discarded or because you chose to leave or because you have just been going through the silent treatment for the last month, whatever the reason is, chances are you want to avoid the hoover. Well, in today's video, I'm going to share with you other ways that survivors say they have been sucked back into a relationship that was toxic or ways they say a narcissist tried to suck them back in. My hope with sharing this information is that you can identify with it and or avoid it in your own future. So that's what we're talking about today at queenbeing.com. What happens when a narcissist hoovers you? So let's get started. Closed captioning provided by Athena Moberg and cptsdfoundation.org. My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse in toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. So if that sounds good to you, hit that subscribe button and let's get going. So in order to create this video, I reached out to the Spanily. I put a post on my YouTube community tab as well as a post in the Span group on Facebook asking for survivors to share their own experiences with hoovering. Before I start, I want you to know that these are not my experiences. These are not my thoughts and ideas. These are the thoughts and ideas of all of these survivors who responded to my poll and my survey. So sometimes you're going to hear the female pronoun used. Sometimes you're going to hear the male pronoun used. There are different types of sexuality mentioned here. None of it matters because ultimately we all have very similar experiences. So let's just get right into it. Take a look. So as you can see here on the YouTube community tab, I asked the Spanily, can you answer this for an upcoming video? Please note your comment will be used. How has your narcissist tried to hoover you? Here's one from Shay Ray. She says he came back crying, saying he learned from his mistakes. Now he sees I'm the one for him. He bought me gifts and he changed his phone number. The old one, every girl has it. He also spoke to my sister about how much he loved me. Katie McMahon says he tries to be nice to me when they are never nice, offers to buy things when they are notoriously cheap and not generous also harasses me to spend time with him. I go from not talking to him for weeks to daily texts from him. Don Elizabeth says his favorite shenanigans are egging on his friends to stalk, call, email, watch what I'm up to, and message me. I use the term friends loosely. Shay Ray says the last time he proposed, but I said no. Good for you, Shay. Mickey Duncan says emails nearly every week for over a year and a half. I miss yous. We have a spiritual connection, etc. Begging me not to ignore him. But once I respond, he doesn't answer and he gives the silent treatment. Then it starts all over again. I wish I'd never responded, but I get sucked back in by the love bombing and hope. Then I get destroyed all over again when he doesn't respond. Completely mind-bending. We have Galaxies says he didn't. He got scared that I'll tell everyone and he has to discard me. He tried to contact me later on, but he didn't get an answer. I think he was just making sure that I'll never contact him again until he can walk free of charge until. We have Sonia who says the usual. I matched in his heart. He can't erase the memories and he's trying to work out why he is the way that he is. Then we have Zani. He called just before the holidays just so he could ruin them. Then we have D who says I went no contact with my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law's wife, on a Tuesday. I was sent a novel of a text message on Thursday saying it was their last and final attempt for us to make amends and peace in the family. I didn't respond. Friday afternoon, I received a picture saying that she quote unquote saw this at a store and wanted to know if I would like it end quote for my son. I never answered. MG said he also tried to message me through my friends and get people who thought they were my friends to spy on me or 
get any information from me on my feelings for him, if they were still there, etc. Nicole says, they text me out of nowhere saying they are depressed or suicidal. I can't help but reply, and they aren't actually depressed. Laura says, he acts almost normal suddenly. Like, he'll be ignoring me for weeks and snapping at me when he does speak to me, and then all of a sudden, there's no problem. But there's always an anger bubbling underneath, ready to break through if I make a wrong move. Suddenly, he's speaking to me, sort of, and because I've always been so isolated and starved for human contact, I crave the little bit of normalcy that he does show me. He will then usually start getting affectionate, and eventually I would let my guard down, and we would end up having sex. Then, within a day or so, or sometimes even that night, he would be back to the silent treatment. I've learned, though, not to give in to this anymore. I finally stepped outside of the situation and took a good look at it and recognized that normal people do not treat human beings this way. No person in their right mind can expect affection from someone without dealing with the actual issues. So he hoovers by being almost normal for a short period of time. She adds, there's also been times where he's made an apology and promised things would change. It never happened. He only does that when he's really pulling out the big guns, though. It takes a lot for an apology from him, and I've never gotten a sincere one anyway. Edward Berry says, the same Hoover as ever, parental alienation. His narcissist tells him, you can't talk to or see the kids. Oh yeah, when you visit, you can cook, clean, wash dishes, do groceries. His narcissist says, I need a break. And since you're around, let's have sex so I can hold that over your head. Once you realize that I'm using you, well, then I'll dismiss you. And then I will say, I'm sorry you feel that way. I do not want to keep you prisoner so you can leave. Edward says, I am 100% responsible for coming back over and over. And he says, trust me, she cannot get any healthy human being to stay. Narcissists are truly transparent to a well-balanced, even keel type of person. They target people they can play their game on. It takes them three months to figure you out or the victim to figure them out. Vicki Horcher says, after five years of being divorced, I finally got it together and my career took off. The minute my ex-narcissist husband found out I was doing well financially, he called wishing me a happy birthday and basically kissing my ass. It was disgusting. All of a sudden, he wanted to spend time with our 21-year-old son. I suspect because he knows I would never send him to his dad's broke without food or gas money, which he promptly borrows from my son. Then he grills my son for information about me. Of course, my son doesn't rat his dad out about the money because he's just so happy to get any attention from his father that is not negative. Robert Fraser says, by being nice and extra complimentary when wanting sexual favors. A.R.E. says, usually just trying to give compliments about how I'm so great at something or they wish they'd had my ability to do whatever it is they're going to ask me for. It's always when they want something too. It's so transparent it's laughable. I'm so glad we have block buttons. Karen Stewart says he had a fight with the new supply on his birthday and she stormed out before his birthday dinner could be eaten. How do I know? I was invited over the next night for food that only needed to be reheated. Laura Graham says, Laura Graham says, yes, but as others have said, they only hoover you when they want something, and my narc husband was no different. It always came with a price. One that I have recently decided not to pay. Rachel Catherine says, they only hoover when they want something. Example, Grandma, I love you. Can you have your husband resurface my driveway? Cousin-in-law, I really like that sweater. Can you tell me what I have to say to get Blank to like me? They use this tactic because I use Grey Rock really well. Monsterette says, via text, tries to show jealousy about incidents four years ago. But I'm a super empath and throw everything right back at them with no fear. Since I learned what I'm dealing with, I do this with all devaluing hoovering tactics he tries. I have a vulnerable narcissist though and that makes a difference in how I can handle him. Ice Coffee says, 
Mine would have his mother text me. Wonder Woman says he discarded me and has not tried to Hoover. Raman D says, after I dumped him and went no contact, he tried sending an email that I've never read and deleted without responding. Shortly after, he started calling with his number blocked. I received 85 plus unknown caller calls in four months. When that didn't work, he messaged my sister with pictures from some trip he was on, a very desperate move that was ignored by my sister. I also got several fake profile friend requests, including one on my birthday. All were rejected. It's been six months no contact now because I've stuck to my guns about keeping his toxicity and jealousy out of my life. Dana Cooper says, always on social media. The first time it was on a mutual friend's Facebook post saying, I still see we share the same brain. And this time it was, I love you more than you know, on a public Facebook page I managed that he is now blocked on. The funny thing is, with this last time, he still had me blocked on Facebook when he said that. If that's his idea of loving me, well, he can take that story to a more gullible supply. I didn't fall for it again. Malta says, my paternal narcissist tried to bamboozle me with his promise of gently used tangible items and let's be friends. Carla Scott says, I told him I wanted a divorce. He cried crocodile tears as he stroked my face and said he didn't want to lose me. After I filed for divorce, he said he loved me. He only wanted me. He deleted all all other pictures of women off his phone and computer and said I could have all the passwords. He brought up all the good times to substantiate that there was something good between us. Bree Lawrence says, texts me saying goodbye forever and then three months later contacted my sister. Is she willing to talk? Autumn Hodge says, maybe it was less hoovering and more retaliation. I don't know. But about a month ago, he stole money out of my account for Facebook advertisements. I had to file it as fraud with my bank and shred my card. Prior to that, he group messaged my old and new number because I had his blocked. It was to no avail. I couldn't see his texts, only the responses of the owner of my old number. Since the theft, I haven't heard or seen a peep from him. I may be naive, but I'm convinced that that's the last of his antics that I'll have to deal with. Considering he now knows, I know exactly who he is. I'd be a waste of time and energy for him. MG says, he told me he couldn't imagine seeing himself with anyone else and moved from Australia to England to be with me. But while he is saying this, he is sleeping with and going on dates with multiple other girls. After using the no contact rule, he also made multiple Instagram accounts and even resorted to emailing me to contact me. And when confronted about it later on, he just said, love makes you do silly things. Petra says, the narcissist would tell me how much he loved and missed me, blah, blah, blah. But also, tell me that he met someone on his job or while traveling and how he showed them a picture of us and that she, me, was the love of his life. They would advise that he should follow his heart. The fact that he would meet random people and discuss me with them, how I made him feel, always had me thinking, this must be real, right? Why would he bring random people into the dynamic? Just a Hoover technique I now realize. Rhea V says, he will promise to get help for anger management, but he never makes the appointments. He'll tell me he can't live without me or that he'll do drugs without me. He says he loves me more than anything, how he's ashamed of how he treats me, that it breaks his heart, what he does to me, but he can't control it. Then within minutes to less than a day, he'll be right back to the silent treatment withholding love. No kind sweet texts anymore. I even got removed from his Facebook page. Heather B says, after he tried to pick a fight at a restaurant last Friday, I gray rocked. He left me there, so I canceled his food, ate mine, and then Ubered home. After three days and my last dog passing away, he can't keep his lips or hands off me. Insert vomit emoji here. I won't have it. The cord's cut. Now my options are endless. Mandy says, oh yes he has. He has promised to get married even before. He will text and text and be all nice to my face 
He will buy me things. Meanwhile, I know he's still doing things behind my back. Recovery says the first month, a few texts. Then left one item at my house for four months. Had to threaten to drop off where he worked. Private and unknown calls for six months. Then nothing for seven months that I know of. Then a text over a phone plan he had. A month later, voicemail from an unknown number. Heard his voice, deleted, and didn't listen. And then called my son for the same phone issue. Third week in July, he hoovered me through my mutual friend that was my friend first. Hadn't heard from this guy in four years. Then out of the blue called me to talk about my ex and feeling me out to see how I felt. Talked twice and then two weeks later got a prank call and the person made a reference to something I told the ex-friend then hung up. I tried calling back and went straight to voicemail. Yuck. A. Miller says, oh, he's tried checking in on me, texting to reminisce about our relationship, coming by to see how I was doing. She said I sent him packing. Tried triangulation between me and his new supply, etc., etc., ad nauseum. I ran into him at a local grocery recently, and I looked him square in the eyes, waiting to see if he'd even say hello, but he waited on me to say it first. I smirked my face off at him, shook my head, turned my back, and walked away. And I did not look back. Good riddance, and I hope he enjoys his new supply while it lasts. Agnieszka says, he's been really nice and super considerate. When he wants to have sex, he adds something like, but only if you feel like it, no pressure. Even though two weeks ago, he threw a tantrum when I refused to have sex once. He actually started spending time with our kids and hasn't been mean to them. Very unusual for him. You might say he's being the perfect husband, but there's this fakeness about him that's difficult to explain and I know for sure it's there. Nikki says, legally, the courtroom is the only place he is allowed to have contact with me. Now that he's figured this one out, he's starting to file motions. It's not in a loving I want you back sort of way. It's this ownership, control mentality. It feels like he won't stop till he has won, and I have absolutely nothing. It's all so bizarre. KM says, my narcissist moved out with the sole intention of keeping me in the picture. When I went no contact, she came back and said she loved me and said she would go to therapy. I was confused and said, let me think about it. As soon as I showed my emotions, she flipped the script and said she was just testing me, and the devaluing phase started. I called my attorney that day and started divorce proceedings. She's turned my world upside down, stalked me, lied to cops and friends, accused me of being violent and crazy, stole my most precious possessions, and now wants my house, car, and a lifetime of savings. I had to wait two months before finally getting a court order keeping her out of my life. She left me, then accused me of not fighting hard enough for her. She claims she moved out to help the relationship. What the F? Thanks for this channel and great videos. Pamela says, I was about 29 and living in Nebraska. I hadn't seen this person in about six years, and I was thinking about him. He called out of the blue. It was very synchronistic. I thought, God is speaking to me. 32 years, a gazillion heartbreaks with this man, and two children later, I think to myself, OMG, that was just a hoover. I fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. Isabel says, I go gray rock. She notices something's up. She offers to apologize for all of her wrongdoings. This is my mother. If I just tell her why I'm upset with her... I say I just need time. I go on vacation for a week. By the end of it, she tells me she tries to leave me alone when I'm away with my boyfriend, but that I need to communicate with her more. By the way, she didn't mention that my brother had gotten a concussion while I was away. I get back and she asks me about how camp was. She could have asked me three weeks earlier, right when I got back. Then she asked me to go shopping with her. When I said no, she offers to buy me a book or a coffee or a cookie. And when I still say no, she gets offended and is cold for the rest of the evening. Laura Callen says, he also has played the suicide card on me and I do not believe he likely struggled with those thoughts, so it's a tough one. 
one. He has a brother who committed suicide when he was younger, and that's part of how he got me sucked in anyway, by making me feel sorry for him over that. And I do feel sorry, but at the same time, he makes his decisions, and I can't be responsible for his emotions, and I can't be responsible for his brother's death who I never met. One of my fears is that my husband will actually make himself so miserable that he commits suicide, and a secondary fear to that is that his family will blame me for it because they blame the wife of the brother who died. Stephanie Collins says texting non-stop. First, it's lovey sweetness forevers. Then it's miss you. Can I see you? Why won't you text me? Who you're with? I guess I'm not important enough. Finally, it's why are you doing this to us? You don't care about us. Our love is one of a kind. Why won't you fight for us? I'm the only one who's working on us. How can you be so heartless? I effing love you. Lee says he has not directly tried to contact me with any kind of apology. He's been silent in that way. He has started with sitting outside a restaurant facing my apartment on our old date night on a Wednesday. He also parks his van directly under my window at least one or two nights a week. He moved a block behind me. A returned item through the post two weeks ago. When that did not get the desired response, he then followed up with a text with a request for his drill back as he was decorating. I deleted his number before I blocked him, but it's blocked now. I've been no contact for eight weeks now, and in the past month, I've had a strange woman ring my apartment buzzer twice and two calls from a hidden number. All ignored. Don't get me wrong, each occasion does the trick to unnerve me. I now know the only way to recover and take some dignity and control back, I feel personally lost. No contact, no contact. Thanks to YouTube and all I've learned speechless for the public service these guys do. If only it was recognized outside of the suffering people like ourselves exactly how many people's lives are being saved, as we all know. I also did a similar post in Span on Facebook. However, I'm not using their names in this video because it is a private support group. We're just gonna jump right into it, so take a look. Number one, create trouble in my life that he thought I'd go to him for help with, as in put my number and name on a sex site, continuous food orders past midnight, sent threats to my university, etc. Number two, projective identification. When I confronted him, he said I'd lost my spark. I was spiteful, and I'm no longer this kind little thing he knew, and that my toxicity was at another level. I feel that he was trying to belittle me because he felt belittled by my confrontations. That got me every time because I would feel I had to defend myself, and I would go on arguing with him. Number three, my narcissist ex has used his sons and my daughter to pass along messages that were supposed to get me to bite at quote-unquote papers to be returned to me. Unsuccessful, as I'm in full no contact. I gray rocked the kids and they don't tell me much anymore about the next. Their communication with him is their business. I prefer to talk to them about what's going on in their lives. Liking my 17 months of no contact and not going back. I do not need any more projects. Number four, ignore me after blocking me from social media but commenting on my YouTube videos. Number five, showing up to family get-togethers like nothing's going on being nice and buying me gifts. Number six, both ex-narcissists have texted, called, and asked for my recipes. Number seven, he sends me texts, messages, and snaps professing how much he loves me and telling me that I'm all he wants, begging me to come back home after he's discarded me and told me he's done multiple times. Number eight, the latest Hoover was ridiculous. This happened over a four-hour period. First, a text message asking the name of our real estate. I didn't respond. Then a call. I didn't answer. This pattern continued for about 30 minutes. I finally messaged just the name of the real estate. Then more messages. He wanted pictures of us as he missed me. Calls over and over again. I never replied or answered again. The longer it went on, the messages got worse. Calling me horrible names, 
attacking my parents, saying no wonder my kids are messed up, then trying to scare me, saying he was on his way to my house and that he was in the driveway. The idiot had no idea I was actually gone away for the weekend. Overall, in four hours, I received 59 text messages and 11 phone calls. On returning home, I reported him to the police. Number nine, group post forwarded a girl saying to another girl, hey, didn't we go to school together? He states, that's how the best part of my life began. It was his first line to me just happened. Number 10. The first was a constant calling, texting, begging to see me. Finally let him come over because he swore he had been in the hospital and that was why he hadn't been in his right mind. He read me the quote-unquote letter he wrote me about his undying love and blah blah blah. Second one, he begged to see me because he had to get his things. When he came in, he said, I just wanted to see you one last time so I could tell you that I want nothing to do with you to your face. Then he turned around to walk out and turned back around, came at me, grabbed me and passionately kissed me and told me he couldn't live without me. Always so dramatic. Number 11. Recently, after a year of no contact, he has made an Instagram that is both of our names and he posts pictures of us. I can't see it because it's private, but it's us asleep for the cover photo and that's creepy. Number 12. She actually made another Instagram page because she's blocked on all of mine and my kids' social media and contacted my daughter, who is mine from a previous relationship and who was her golden child, to tell her how much she quote-unquote loved them. She has me text asking about the kids. I block every number she texts me from. She had one of her friends call me to see how I was doing from an unknown number. The unknown number actually came up on my phone as unknown. Number 13. Mine thought after harassing me for months, sending people to harass me, lying about me, causing me to develop anxiety-related tachycardia, that a simple unblock me and let's talk said in a nice and flirtatious tone would convince me to go back to him. He tried this several times when he was around me and I ignored him while my friends called him out for discarding me and the harassment. He attempted this after his old slash new supply, the crazy ex before me, didn't work out again. Number 14, breaking into my house and taking my dog for ransom. Number 15, just saying he was sorry. He just wanted to have lunch so we could talk. Number 16, we're divorcing. He's already moved out. We need to get the house ready to sell, declutter, etc. He ordered a dumpster delivered, said he would be over for two nights to help. No show. Instead, he took our son to his parents' lake house for the remainder of the week. So I asked him on Saturday when the dumpster is supposed to be picked up. No contact otherwise. He texts back asking me how much money I'll be making this month and that everything should be in the dumpster. I just said it was both of our responsibility and he started insinuating that the mess, etc. is all my fault. Back to no contact. Whatever. I did my part. Number 17. Calling me for the first time since the divorce a year previously to tell me that he's moving out of state. Oh, and by the way, he's also taking our youngest child, who's turned into a flying monkey, with him. And they're leaving in four days. We were married for 34 years. He was in such a hurry to get to his girlfriend that he couldn't even be at this child's high school graduation. That girlfriend lasted seven weeks. He's moved out because of target number two. That was a doozy. A Hoover devaluation and double discard all in one. You don't see that every day. Devaluation because the kids who knew lied to my face about it for weeks, telling me that the youngest was going to be doing one thing when all along this was planned. He convinces two of my kids that his news is private and only to be shared at his convenience with his permission. No matter what I say, they don't get that telling everyone but me isn't keeping the news private. It's keeping secrets in order to manipulate, devalue, and attempt to control me. Number 18 by asking his mother to call and talk to me. She told me I was so good, and it was really nice of me to be her son's friend since he's such a solitary person and stuff. Number 19. In the past, he would call or text about something important. He's not one to ever apologize or fight for me, but he always got sentimental or telling me how much he loved me, but it just didn't work between us. The last Hoover attempt was about my car. It's still in both of our names. 
He wanted me to sign a paper to switch to me as primary on the loan and tags, which would have ended up costing me double with the tags because I'm planning on refinancing in a month or two anyway. He didn't get his way, so he said, as always, your way. My reply was silence. Perfectly executed gray rock. Number 20. Coming by unannounced at my office to return six plastic chairs I had lent to his office on a national kid's holiday. He knew I missed his kids and thought this might reel me back in. Number 21. Bang on my front door window after months-long solid no-contact regime the day before Christmas with a Christmas package from his company because you've worked so hard this year. Number 22. Silent phone calls and no caller ID calls. Some of the calls contained distant voices talking flattering about him and his new supply and their happy future. Number 23, impersonating as his youngest daughter on her phone and sending me messages, supposedly from her. It was him luring me to reach out so he could rub his new supply in my face. I didn't take the bait. His new supply was already on vacation with him and the kids after the first month of dating. Number 24, applying to be a speaker on a big seminar about my expertise so I couldn't go there and then waiting for my reaction. Number 25, Hoover by proxy. Flying Monkey Lieutenant had mentionitis, kept informing me of the goings-on of the narcissist, despite my request to not mention him. Number 26, letting other people inform him about my whereabouts and then casually sitting exactly where I have to walk by. Number 27, more no-caller ID calls. He still does this. It's been 13 months after the breakup. Number 28, today via triangulation. Also money, being nice, apologizing, came to my home, broke my window, has people stalking my page. Number 29, we had been one another's first loves as teenagers. I ended the relationship hating her and never wanting to see her again. I successfully cut her from my life. Fast forward 15 years. She messages me on LinkedIn and we met for a drink. Love bombing was intense. It was hard for me to distinguish because we already had a familiarity. I was at a point a couple of years after my divorce where I was ready to find a partner. Probably the worst time to walk into a narcissist. It was quote unquote meant to be. Masks started falling about four months later. Second time, after two years of living together, I was done and I moved out with the kids. About nine months after I left, she had a partying summer with her friends and dated someone else. Then the Hoover started. After, she got it out of her system for the time being. She called and texted and asked to meet. I finally gave in. She said all the things to me. She knew what she had lost. She wanted me and the kids back. She started therapy. She acted very remorseful. She cried a lot, apologized for being awful, made promises and commitments. I believed her and went back. Love bombing happened for about a year and the cycle played out again. Here I am, another two years later, regretting going back yet again. Number 30. My ex-husband, after I left him, cut me off from all of our finances and the most he would do is take me grocery shopping. He basically just tried to get me to come back by making me unable to survive financially. He would call and text incessantly. His text messages would be full of emojis and he would initiate the contact and answer me back right away. When he wasn't spinning his web, I would be the one to text or call and he would respond hours later. Number 31. Typical promises of change, counseling, actual job other than dealing drugs, suicide threats, etc. Later, after successfully sucking me back in, he claimed to have meant none of it, that he was only sucking up to get me to go back to him. Side note, he beat the poop out of me a few months later and I successfully got away 100% no contact. And karma is getting him hard. I don't feel sorry for him at all anymore. Number 32, she hoovers me by saying to pray for her when something bad happens. Like, this time, after being rejected by 10 guys, she hurt herself and said to pray for her. This is what dragged me to see her and tend her cut. The second time was her sister not getting better from being sick and to pray for her. It's always praying for this girl that got me out of the no contact phase. Number 33. 
called and sent texts saying she was starving and accused me of leaving her in the house to die alone and said that leaving her was borderline illegal. Number 34, constant phoning. Number 35, sent texts asking how I am. Number 36, usually love bombing on Facebook, that sort of thing. That's usually how he contacted me. Also, creating some crisis that may or may not have been real, like him getting fired or wanting me to help him with his resume, but never wanted to look for another job. Number 37, sends pictures of the good times, tells me I can't survive on my own, bribes with money, tries to keep the kids from me or take the car, pretends like he's worried about me. I'm never going back again. 38, personality flips. 39, stalking me through Facebook, dating sites, email. 40. After the big discard, he came to my place three days later at 6 a.m. He said he drove past the night before and saw that my car wasn't there, and he couldn't believe that I could go out after our breakup. He said he was so depressed about it. I wouldn't let him in. I told him he needed therapy. He said he'd only go if it was as a couple. He refused to leave until I threatened to call his mother. A week later, I was worried about him, and I called to check on him. We tried to be friends for a few weeks, but it didn't work. He started giving me the silent treatment, so I backed off. I got back on the dating app we met on, and he was there. I swiped right just to see if he had done the same, and he had. I sent a message saying how I hoped he was okay and that I still cared for his well-being. He replied, I know, and then blocked me. Months later, he sent me pics of stuff he grew in his garden. I didn't reply, and I've been no contact since. The other one uses our child, saying we should be a family. Number 41. The very last Hoover attempt was a text from a random number that said, there's a guy standing next to me and he wants me to tell you this. I'm sorry for the last hurtful thing I said to you. The very last thing. He said you would know what that is. And I forgive you for all the horrible hurtful things you've done to me. I wrote back, cool story bro. And then I blocked the number. I knew he was home with his wife when that text was sent. Number 42. Right now he knows I have this RV that I bought after the divorce that is a fixer-upper. I need help and he's offering his services on a regular basis. I told him it's too painful to be around him this early after the divorce. He said he understood but would text me in the morning to see if I wanted his help. Number 43. Sending me untrue or nasty text messages to get me to defend myself so I respond. Number 44. I have had some weird ones. The offer of a trip to Bali with her. Happy birthday wishes that are a few days late emails and messages to sort out stuff that doesn't need anything done. The last year or so, it's been joining meetup groups I'm in. Lately, it's been RSVP to meetups I'm attending. No sign of the simplest way, a simple offer to talk. Number 45, mine never gifted me anything but once. After a disappearing episode of five days, he returned and simply handed me a large block of warm, semi-melted Cadbury's chocolate, opened with a chunk taken from it. Awesome. Number 46, he uses my address for his junk mail. Number 47, still stalking me after 13 years. He and his current wife of 11 years still know every move I make. They have people watching me. They use excuses to try to be in touch with my boss. I've blocked them and their families on Facebook, and they will casually ask my Facebook friends to strike up a conversation to gain information. I have nothing to hide, and I have nothing to share with him. I've learned to accept their behavior, and there's nothing I can do to prevent or stop it. The community has come to realize what they are, and as I said, I have nothing to hide, and the truth always prevails, and their day of reckoning will come. Karma will meet them head-on someday, some way. They deserve none of my attention. Number 48, dinner and sex, or a trip to the museum and sex, and cuddling. Always when hoovering, asking how Jeannie is, her name for my vagina. Number 41, love bombing till it didn't work. Then he would get mad and threaten me. He then showed up at my parents' house, high as a kite, and called the cops on me. He would send me money or sweet messages, and then when he didn't get the reaction he wanted, he would flip out. Number 50, he promised he was willing to come back to me after I caught him having an affair because he realized how important family was. He promised me he would stop calling her. 
He was sweet. He pretended like he cared about our new backyard by putting the furniture together and making dinner on the new barbecue. Agreed to go to therapy with me. All the while, he got a second phone to call his new supply, and he was sleeping with her at some sleazy motel after work hours. He was just hoovering me to keep me from finding out more and from threatening to take him and her down from their careers. And he kept reminding me that if he came back to me, it would be all about him and his needs. He was so confused and out of sorts. Eventually, I asked him to leave after four months of that second round of torture. He was unfaithful and dishonest, and I can't accept his betrayal any longer. Number 51, I've been no contact one year tomorrow. A couple of weeks ago, I got a text from my soon-to-be ex that says, What happened? I haven't answered one email all this time. Why would he think I would answer a random email now? Number 52, he keeps asking me out to dinner. I say no. And today he showed up at my work unannounced to have lunch with me, even though I would not tell him what time my lunch was. Number 52. He keeps asking me out to dinner. Number 53. They suck all the meaningful times and fluff out of conversations, memories, and time spent together. They focus on the major points at hand, mostly the negative. Their vacuums are preset to their own level of cleanup. My narcissist will tell some of the truth, sucking out the important part. Like, yes, you did go to the mall, but you forgot the fact that you were with another girl. Or, yes, you do love me, but you enjoy hurting me more. They have the verbal hoover suck. Number 54, using emails. He knew I wasn't reading them because I did not respond, so he would put his words in the subject line with an empty email. When the judge during the restraining order court saw that, he was very mad and saw his harassment in the email male title. Number 55. My ex had me constantly put in the relationship by suggesting every now and then that we could spend the rest of our retired lives in his village home, which he knew I always loved. I'm sure that's hoovering. In all the 27 years of our marriage, he had lived in my house, off my status and earning. I showed him the door the day his narc mom declared she was selling off the property to give her son all of the money. I knew that day that our children and I had never been a part of their family at all. Number 56. When the narc mom was alive, she sent some money to me to try and buy me back. Then she posted stuff about a new Buddhist temple being built near home to attract me to see her. One ex-narc male friend bought me a Tia Maria, then wrote on a piece of paper at the table, when will I get in your knickers then? Number 57. He'd take himself off somewhere for some distance and perspective on the situation, as in he probably is grooming a new supply or an ex with a pity play. Then he'd tell me, how I was his perfect friend and the love of his life, so back I'd go again. I think eventually that this was a cut-and-paste job by him. I've got the last, not responded to, Hoover, but unfortunately deleted all the others. Pretty sure they were all the same. Number 58. I hadn't talked to him for several months. He ignored me, then messaged me on Facebook late one night, asking me to come to his place for sexual favors. I said no, and after that, he discarded me. Number 59. My ex-narc used to try and hack into my bank and PayPal accounts, too. Number 60. Quick hang-ups with cloned phone numbers. Number 61. When the nice hoovers didn't work, he got nasty. When nasty didn't work, he filed for legal separation. You can only do that after living apart for a year here, which is why I haven't done it. This was supposed to make me realize the error of my ways and make me go running back. Nope. I just got the legal separation sooner than I would have hoped originally. Number 62. Wanting me to accompany him on trips to exotic locales. No thanks, narc. Number 63. Ringing on unknown numbers, which I didn't answer, trying to FaceTime on an unrecognized number. I don't answer unrecognized numbers if there was no message or voicemail. I blocked the numbers that went on for about six months. I ignored like a boss. Number 64. Hoovered three times successfully and one time unsuccessfully. So here are a few. Left me chocolate and a note at my desk at work. Contacted me through text, email, Google Hangout, Facebook, and work email and work phone. Basically, 
every way to contact me possible. Asked mutual acquaintances about me. Showed up at my home. Played the poor me card. I'm in a bad place. I need you. Drove by my house multiple times. Drove by my bus stop when I'd be going to work multiple times. Showed up at my work at my desk. Emailed basically nagging me telling me I'm so ugly and no one wants me except him. Created fake Facebook profiles to try and communicate with me. Telling me I'm the only one for him and he loves me so much and he realizes it now and he'll be better and he'll never hurt me again if only I would give him another third chance. Blah, so exhausting. Number 65. After 22 years of hearing the same hoovering maneuvers over and over, it's actually comical. I will change. I will be the best husband. I was always supposed to be for you. I will be everything that you've always wanted and deserve. What did you think about all of that? I know it's a lot. It's a lot to think about. It's a lot to get through, but take a few minutes and think about, can you recognize any of those? This brings me to the question of the day. Can you recognize any of those experiences? Were any of those similar to your hoovering experiences? Are you to the point where you're getting hoovered right now or not? Have you gotten past it? Share your thoughts, share your ideas, share your experiences in the comment section below and let's talk about it. All right, that's all I've got for you right now. But as always, thank you so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life and hey, Thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. Now, before I go, make sure you take a moment to look at the videos I'm leaving for you right here and right here. And while you're here, hit that subscribe button right there so that we can stay connected and continue on this healing journey together. Now, don't forget, you're never alone. You've always got your spanily. I'll see you soon.